Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady, and I'm going to be hosting the show. Uh, Lou Weiss, who is in an off-site meeting, may dash into the studio and join us. But until then, I'm going to be speaking with Eric Fawcett, who has been a Novus Labs engineering lead since 2011, and Stuart Ferris, who is Novus Labs' director of business and development. And gentlemen, I'm going to confess I don't know enough about Novus Labs to intelligently talk to our listeners about what it is. So, Stuart, maybe maybe you should uh, jump in here first and, sure. and share with our listeners about Novus Labs. Sure. Well, that's why we're here, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Novus Labs has existed since uh, about 2008 uh, in, in various forms of our kind of core business. Um, and what we do today is help folks across the engineering spectrum uh, develop new products, new, uh, new services, um, and that kind of spans across uh, hardware, software, firmware, apps, uh, anything it's going to take to bring someone's concept or idea to life uh, or advance existing products into next generations of capabilities, connectivity, um, sensors, any other kind of uh, added-on features that someone might want to implement in their product. Uh, that's where we sit, is really helping people um, advance those projects in, in any way that, uh, that their teams need help on the engineering level. Um, and uh, Eric Fossett here has been, been with us for pretty much that whole time. He's one of our old hats, uh, and so has seen a lot of projects come through our door um, and a wealth of experience there. Um, and, and at the end of the day, that's where we sit, is, is helping people leverage our experience, our infrastructure and expertise across certain domains uh, to advance their, uh, their projects, their initiatives. Thanks, Stuart. Eric, I wonder if you could give our listeners an idea of a couple of the types of projects that you work on so they can kind of get their head around Novus Labs uh, in terms of, you know, actual projects you guys have executed. I mean, really, kind of in the consumer electronics space, you name it, um, you know, at a high level, it's embedded systems. Um, use cases range from, uh, you know, um, you know, wearables, uh, and that's, you know, think like fitness type wearables, uh, police and military, you know, um, uh, equipment, um, uh, IOT, Internet of Things devices, um, you know, uh, similar to uh, in the, what, the home assistants, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, uh, and then um, test automation equipment, um, and that's, you know, software tools, uh, robotics. Um, so really it's a, you know, kind of across the gambit. Um, yeah, you, clearly you, name it, you name it, we've touched something that's, <laughs> that's related to it. Sure. Yeah. Well, Stuart, um, this clearly is something that most people don't think about is, you know, we go to the store, we buy a product, we bring it home. If it's a consumer good, and we really don't think of the engineering behind it. I mean, what made it real, what makes it work? Sure. So I wonder if you could give our listeners some some uh, points on again things that you've worked on where uh, they you know it's one of those uh, unseen unsung hero stories. 
Sure. Well, I don't know about hero. Your words, your words. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, it, it is true, though. I mean, at the consumer level or, or the, you know, the end user, you take something home or you, you know, uh, put it into your system and you just expect it to work. Um, and there's a lot that does go into that. A lot of companies, you know, take on that kind of uh, QA, QC themselves. Um, but, uh, but others recognize that there are, um, you know, a lot, uh, as you said, a lot that goes into that to make it work seamlessly. And, um, you know, where we sit, we can help not only plan for those, um, uh, you know, what could be hurdles uh, in product development during the development process, or um, on the test side of things, a lot of times we get products, you know, brought to us and, and customers just ask us to put them through their paces, um, you know, do a lot of that kind of end-to-end -end validation and performance testing, um, especially in the consumer space. Uh, that's a lot of interoperability testing that we do. So, you know, again, ensuring that products, when they go home, get in their customers' hands, um, are going to perform as expected and, and save that manufacturer, that company, a, you know, a, re a returned product or a one-star review, even if the issues might not be related to, you know, the product itself, but, you know, its ecosystem that it's being introduced to. Um, you think of all the wireless connectivity that goes into IoT devices, um, you know, and it's at the end of the day, it's the product that's going to get blamed if it's having, you know, poor connection um, or, or, you know, not, not, not robust connection to perform as expected. Um, so those are the types of things that really across, um, you know, uh, certainly in the consumer electronics space, but any device that's talking or thinking um, or, you know, integrating with the cloud um, or, you know, relating to third-party devices around it in any way, um, we do a lot of that testing uh, and then on the development side as well, obviously having those things in mind when we're designing a project, um, so so it's going to meet those those rigorous testing standards down the line. Thanks, Stuart. Without giving away uh, any company secrets or breaking confidentiality agreements, have you been presented recently with any real interesting ideas or challenges that you've been asked to either engineer or program or test? Well, you know, the, the, the big, of course, coming out of the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, there's a lot of attention on 5G. Um, and we have, you know, quite a few customers that are starting to explore that space, um, see how that will relate to their, um, you know, project roadmaps. Um, you know, and that's, it's, it's a new space, so there's, there's a lot to think about, right? You know, nobody is really a, a, a pure expert on if that domain, um, you know, yet because there hasn't been the kind of use cases to really show, um, you know, where, where the pitfalls may lie. Um, and that's, so that's kind of the forefront, you know, right now. But, you know, you think back to, you know, the first um, home digital assistant, you know, when that concept came out, that was, that was pretty wild stuff. And there was no, um, you know, precedence for how to go and develop that successfully, ensure a good, you know, user experience, um, and, and test it out thoroughly. So, those are the types of projects and, and technologies that when they're kind of on the forefront of adoption and implementation, um, we, have, we have customers that come to us to kind of tap into, you know, at the end of the day, a, a, a well of, of resource for, you know, kind of brain power <laughs> to, go, to go think through things, right. um, you know, and, and be a resource that way. Um, so sometimes folks just leverage us because we have a lot of stuff, you know, our massive uh, interoperability device library. Um, or, you know, all the, the, the test infrastructure that we have. Other times it's, it's 
truly just kind of problem statements or question marks on a, uh, on a development, you know, plan, and, and we get kind of thrown at some of these off-the-wall, um, you know, scenarios. So it's, it's always exciting. I'm sure it is. I hearken to the movie Back to the Future 2, in which you saw Marty McFly and his girlfriend visiting their uh, future home in a different timeline, and there was the fruits and vegetables thing that came out of the ceiling and the pizza hydrator and you know, all those kind of things. But back when those movies came out, we sure. thought, wow, look at all that futuristic stuff. That's well, that's almost humorous. Yet today, not so humorous. It's uh, it's really some would be old technology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Now, in terms of you know, we were just talking with a guest not too long ago about five G, and their comment was that five G really is the breakout bandwidth for manufacturing and IoT. Um, I'm going to start with you first, Eric, and then I want to go to Stuart. Do you guys see it similarly? Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the short answer is yes. Um, no, I mean, 5G is is going to enable, um, you know, so much uh, to happen. Um, I mean, it's just you can push so much data so much faster through 5G um, that, I mean, really the, the possibilities kind of at this point are, you know, as far as you can imagine. Um, yeah, it's just it's going to be a huge enablement to, you know, to technologies that have that have uh, you know, been either on the back burner um, for a long time, um, or you know, just stuff that we we haven't even come up with yet. I can imagine so. Yeah, Stuart, I know that some of the things that happened in manufacturing over the years used to be you got data from process process logic controllers and. Now you're getting it from, I mean, we, you could literally attach something to a hammer and know how many times it was swung and made impact. Uh, sure. Is, five, is 5G really going to take manufacturing to a whole new space of data? Yeah, I mean, with the, as Eric said, with just the, um, the, the speeds, the lower latency, uh, and the bandwidth that you're able to push from these kind of edge scenarios. I mean, right. whereas before, to take the example you gave, you know, it's not just a retroactive look at a data set of how many swings that hammer took, but you can see how many hammers are swinging right now. You know, you can look at, you know, this near real-time uh, data. And, um, you know, again, the, the, the concepts, um, the, the visions that have been out there that required that higher, higher speed, higher throughput, uh, you know, over a wider area to, to be taken out of kind of laboratory settings, that, that's really what, you know, 5G and, you know, potentially beyond the next generations of, of, um, of spectrum and everything opening up will we'll be able to um, really kind of open up. Uh, right. So Yeah, I mean, you think about it from, yeah, from a manufacturing standpoint that, you know, all, all, all that equipment's going to be able to pump, you know, so much data in real time, um, you know, decisions, you know, about processes and things like that, you know, will be able to, um, you know, those sorts of things can be decided on the fly, really. Um, you're no longer going to have to wait, you know, a period of time for data to be collected and correlated and analyzed. Um, it's it's all going to be done in, in just what Stu said, near real time. So Yeah, and um, the AI and the machine learning that's that's being developed kind of coinciding with this is, is, what, is what really drives that all together. Um, you know, with 5G being the medium, 
but the um, you know the really real intelligence being able to happen um, you know both in the cloud and um, you know directly within within manufacturing or, or whatever the application may be. And Stuart, you mentioned over a wider area. Are we really beginning to think in terms of I'm a manufacturer and I have three manufacturing plants and two distribution centers, and now for the first time I can watch all of that activity in real time. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, again, how how your infrastructure is set up to um, to monitor uh, all that, whether you know, like you said, multiple sites, um, wider area in in one sense. I mean, I know we're talking uh, about manufacturing here, but as a you know, as a com, uh, you know, the 5G over wide areas will allow things like, you know, autonomous vehicles to really kind of, you know, be able to meet the, the, the needs for that um, kind of real, real-time real data transmission with lower latency um, to make, you know, make decisions on the fly uh, where speeds really matter. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I think that we're just starting to see uh, the applications of that and, you know, in the manufacturing space, um, the more, the more useful information you have, which is, you know, again, combining the transmission of data with, um, you know, tools uh, on the AI side, the machine learning side to, you know, parse and make sense of that um, is, is what's going to be the real opportunity to grow. Eric, is this also a situation where uh, uh, wire, uh, sorry, driverless trucks need this kind of bandwidth uh, in 5G? to, for instance, a trucking company keep track of 500 trucks on the road at the same time? Um, I mean, it's a matter, it, it definitely makes it easier to track, you know, locations of vehicles and what's happening with those vehicles. Um, I think the the bigger, uh, more important, use, you know, uh, application is just um, uh, data processing, you know, on the vehicle. So making the vehicles just safe and, and, and more practical. Um, so being able to take, you know, all of that, all the sensor information from the vehicle, um, send it somewhere, parse that information, and send it back, um, you know, to, to make decisions um, just significantly faster than you can with, uh, you know, with networks today. Um, you know, along with that, allowing, um, yeah, owners or, or, you know, users or manufacturers to track you know, the vehicles and all the information coming off of the vehicles, but, but even just to make those vehicles themselves a practical solution, um, you know, to be on the road is, you know, 5G is, is going to be a huge in enabling that. Okay. Now, were both of you at the Consumer Electronics Show? or uh, I was down there with a, with a small team uh, just having meetings. We don't, we don't host a booth or anything there these days. Again, we're, uh, you know, like you said, Again, your words, the unsung uh, uh, folks to a lot of this. So it's exciting for us to see a lot of products we've worked on over the year get, you know, announced and released um, and, uh, you know, kind of be there to pat folks on the back. They're having a long, <laughs> a long week or two down there to get all that ready. It's a it's, it's quite an endeavor, that show. But, um, oh, it yeah, really we, is. you know, yeah, we we, we enjoy the uh, the networking and uh, try to stay away from the buffets, you know, too much. <laughs> So, Stuart, what were some of the products that were released at CES that you guys were involved with? Uh, well, I, there, there was a lot of buzz, obviously, around, um, you know, both Google and Amazon releasing more um, smart home products and uh, the new standard that they're looking to uh, to develop. So, we're, you know, we're in conversations. Um, obviously, we've done a lot of work with both those companies. Um, 
you know, there were a lot in the gaming space. There was more VR and AR gaming this year than I've ever seen before, um, even without some of the big, the big names being there. So also just exciting things going on there. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if it's a product with, uh, a, you know, a, a, any kind of connectivity, whether it's, you know, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or anything, it's got sensors, if it's got, um, you know, uh, software, firmware, power management plans, there, there's a good chance that we're, uh, we're at least touching on it or the components that go into it. Oh, that must have been an exciting show. I've always wanted to get out there and and wander it, but it is so massive. I don't know how you effectively do that. <laughs> yeah, give it time and don't even try to see it all, I guess, is, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, clearly uh, uh, good advice. Now, you get involved with uh, things as simple as buttons, switches, plugs, LEDs, uh, status indicators, um uh, all the way up to, I imagine, designing, uh, do you get involved in designing where those appear in the product or on a board, any of that kind of work? Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, you know, it's kind of the, I guess the business model is to sort of fit in, um, you know, wherever we needed. Um, so, you know, we've done projects where, you know, we are just doing, the um, industrial design and, you know, the UI, UX work. Um, so, you know, our, our sole task there is to, you know, design the, the, the buttons or the, the, the LEDs, um, you know, the, how they feel, where they're placed on the device, um, you know, how, how bright are the LEDs, you know, things like that. What, how do they, you know, change color or, or pulse to indicate different states? Um, you know, all the way, you know, I guess down to the level of, you know, where where things are um, or how things are implemented on the PCB and in firmware and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, we we definitely work with with all of those uh, user experience aspects. It's interesting that you mentioned that, Eric. I had an experience, uh, well, not one, many over the years working with PCs, and you'd go down to. At that time, you went out to Staples or Office Max, and you bought this cool new software in a box off the shelf, and you bring it home and, and load it up, and it would fail. Uh, <laughs> and you'd load it back in the box and take it back and return it. Uh, and I'm beginning to see a little of that creeping into apps that you download that have a great marketing write-up, but not a great functionality rate. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, is some of the debugging you do, Stuart, uh, you know, fixing that before it hits the consumer and their out-of-box experience is bad? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the most uh, comprehensive ways to do that, it's, it's um, you know, it's tough sledding some days, but it's, it's just to do the sheer volume work of, you know, downloading that app across, you know, a, a, a huge set of phones you know, based on the, the geo or the area that you're going into. Um, I think we have over 800 phones now that, you know, kind of are across manufacturers and OSs and, and different builds. So somebody's pushing a new app or service that's going to rely on, again, somebody downloading that and having a good experience, you know, we'll go through and make sure that it's going to be, you know, reliable for them. Uh, and if there are issues that are either with their product or, you know, relate how it relates to, um, you know, another product that is out in the market, they need to be aware of that. Um, they need, you know, even if it's just for, you know, support um, or, you know, we can help 
make uh, make adjustments, you know, push out a patch or um, uh, you know wh whatever's going to be needed to to make that to make that right. And the same goes across you know, anything relying on on Wi-Fi. Um, you know, there's a lot of on the consumer side. You have a lot of those a lot of routers out there that people buy. Uh, you know, but now with mesh networks and things like that, there are just more complications that, um, you know, a lot of our, our customers want to make sure so they can sleep well at night that before that product goes out, it's, uh, it's, they know it's going to work reliably in their, their customers' homes or hands. Well, you, in that brief answer, you make about 100 good points because uh, I'm just wondering if you get involved at the actual programming code layers. Yeah, where, wherever we're needed. Again, sometimes it's just rolling up a report, um, but other times, yeah, we get into um, into the code depending on the access that our, our customers, you know, want to open up to us. Um, we'll get rolled up to their suppliers sometimes if it's if they're finding it still out of their hands and help kind of with that that debug. And um, so, yeah, it's it's really as as deep uh, access as as we're given. Um, we can you know work with. Um, a customer's their team or or be that team for them um, and and sort out those issues uh, I want to ask you Stuart and then I want to ask Eric um, if you would share with us one horror story each and what to uh, you know your um, your customer could have avoided uh, I just had an interesting experience talking to a company in Tampa Florida that does coding and they do coatings on all kinds of surfaces one of which is on uh, car glass, and we specifically asked them about the uh, Elon Musk truck that came out, and they chucked the steel ball and shattered the shatterproof glass. We could have prevented that. We could have prevented that. So I'm just wondering if you can share with our listeners, you know, here's some things not to do. Sure. <laughs> well, well, they made a T-shirt about that breaking glass now, so uh, you know they've they've at least. <laughs> Taking taking it in stride. That was a, you know, some emotional intelligence there to overcome. Um, right. Yeah. Let's see. I mean, there's, you know, there's 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 a lot of projects that come through. Obviously, one that that kind of speaks to the importance of, um, you know, choosing your vendors, your suppliers, and at least making sure that uh, they understand what your product um, needs are going to be based on the use case. And and this is one area we get thrown in a lot is helping spec out. Um, you know, components uh, for a product that are going to fit the need. Um, and we had we had a product that was out in the market. They were getting all kinds of horrible feedback, and it was a Wi-Fi enabled, you know, smart home device. And turned out that they had rolled in um, a Wi-Fi chipset that you know did not support nearly what it needed to do. It was it was only supporting 802.11b, I believe. And you know, it's out out in the market and routers that are just looking at this thing and saying, what the heck? And uh, you know, that that's baked in now. Um, and, right. and it's hard, hard to really do, do anything about that without, you know, uh, rolling everything back. So it's, it's just one of those, you know, can't get sold on something without really understanding how it's going to impact the product. Um, and, and working with a partner that, that understands the use cases you're looking to achieve, um, and, and make sure that, you know, all kind of vendors are aligned on, on that goal. Um, yeah, it makes sense. They probably got a great price on the 802.11b. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They had, somebody had a box <laughs> of parts and uh, gave them a deal, and, they, you know, off they right. went. Uh, Eric? Uh, let's see. So, I mean, we've seen issues similar to, to what Stu described. Um, we've seen a lot of issues just around uh, component placement or material selection. Um, 
you know, we had a, a client that was having, um, you know, issues with their Bluetooth, um, and they had, you know, put their radio under a nice piece of chrome um, or polished aluminum, um, and so that, you know, their product looked looked beautiful, but, uh, you know, their their comms weren't able to penetrate the material. Um, <laughs> yeah. A, a, similar, a similar case where, you know, a client had a product and um, their IMU was uh, constantly off, re, um, and then every now and then what appeared to be random, it would just go, go bananas, um, and it turned out that they'd uh, put their IMU just under the fan of their of their product. So um, when it would spin up, uh, I mean, the IMU was constantly off, and then when it would spin up, it would just go nuts. Um, so, uh, you know, we see things like that a yeah. lot. I'm sure you see some wild and bizarre stuff. Uh, Stuart, I want you to share with our listeners how they can uh, find you, what's your website address, and uh, let's see if we can't make your phone ring. Sure, absolutely. Uh, the, the website is just the business, novislabs.com, www.novislabs.com, uh, and all the contact information there, the portal to reach out, describe any project at any stage, um, and, and it would start with a conversation. So, um, you know, my role is to kind of put people in touch with the right teams here. Um, we have about 140 engineers on site that are at any point working on other people's products, projects, or dreams. So I, uh, I coordinate getting people talking to the right teams um, based on the project need, and we, uh, we take things from there. And is that phone number 503-906-8150? That's the one. That will take you to the main line. And, uh, again, depending on which direction you need to go, it can, it can uh, route, to, route to the appropriate group there. Great. So when people call 503-906-8150, ask for Stuart Ferris. And Stuart will guide you to the right team. You may end up with talking with Eric uh, so we can get some products out in the marketplace that I don't buy and then um, use <laughs> harsh, harsh language with uh, when it fails. Rely on Novus Labs at N-O-V-U-S-L-A-B-S, novuslabs.com. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having us. And we've enjoyed speaking with uh, Eric Fawcett and Stuart Ferris at Novus Labs. Again, N-O-V-U-S-L-A-B-S, novuslabs.com. Uh, you can check them out on the website. And if you have a product, project, or dream that you would like them to shake out a little bit, you know, the first conversation's free, I would have that conversation with either Eric or Stuart at Novus Labs. We want to thank all of our listeners for listening to our episodes, and you can always pick up some powerful information here at uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio, or you can review some of our other podcasts at mfgtalkradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.